Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, folks. I just want to take a minute to ask you to go and rate this podcast. Uh, let the team house know how you think we're doing. Go and rate us on whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or whatever else. Uh, Those ratings really help us out, and we really appreciate the feedback to let us know what you like and what you don't like. And uh, if you do like the Team House and you'd like to support us, go check out our Patreon page, and you can actually support the stream as well as get access to our bonus segments and bonus episodes. Yeah, if, if you're going to give us a great review, please do. And if you're going to give us a not-so-good review, why don't you just send us an email and we'll talk about it. <laughs> Got a first sec, quick intro, and then we're right into it. Special Operations. Covert Ops. Espionage. The Team House. With your hosts, Jack Murphy and David Park. Hey guys, I'm Jack Murphy here with David Park. This is the Team House. This is episode 180 something. Four. 84. Good call. Uh, we're here with our guest tonight, Patrick McNamara. Pat served in special forces and in an army special mission unit. And today he does some coaching through uh, the Pat Mac Keep the Blaze Alive program. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, Pat, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us on a Tuesday evening, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you uh, allowing me to grace your company and your podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, so, hey, we're going to uh, jump right into it, man. I'm going to ask you, what's your origin story? If you're a superhero comic book guy, you know, were you bit by a radioactive spider? Uh, was there some cosmic rays that you got hit with? I mean, what was what was your origin story like growing up and the the sort of pathway that took you towards military service? Yeah, that's a funny. That's that's. A, I like that. I like the way you um, you you approach that. It's cool. Um, uh, I think it, it was kind of a slow transition because I was an oddball kid. I was a, 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 a I'm going to say a gentle kid. You know, I did all, a lot of oddball hobbies. I, I I'm an art. I still am an artist. Uh, uh, I'm an avid bird watcher, and so was I back then, which you know didn't gained me a lot of popularity among, <laughs> the, the, tough, among the tough kid crowd. The, 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 the bird watchers didn't have groupies that would show yeah, up. Yeah, you didn't get mad girls bird watching? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it's funny how that works. <laughs> Apparently, chicks don't really dig bird watchers. <laughs> it's funny how that works. But, um, yeah, I mean, just a lot of oddball stuff. Um, I had a metamorphosis, which, you know, I, so I guess my – my superpower, um, what'd you call it? What'd you superhero what'd you call it? origin story? story. <laughs> Origins, yeah, 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 yeah. Was a um, what a was a metamorphosis of sorts. Um, uh, having you know, just being a, a real gentle kid, getting my ass kicked by everybody, bullied by everybody. Uh, and, and one of them was an older brother. Um, my older brother bullied the shit out of me and pretty much tormented me. Uh, 
and I was, uh, I, I didn't even like being in the, under the same roof as him. And my parents were, they were sort of wise to it, but they didn't know the extent because I wasn't going to rat them out. Um, plus there was threats to me that, you know, if I ratted them out, snitches get stitches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, um, he went to prison when I was for the first time he went to prison, I was about 14 years old. And, um, that's when I had like a second chance. That was my first, second lease on life. First one. I'll talk about my second one later, but, um, I had a second lease on life and, um, I joined a wrestling team at my high school. I sucked bad. I got beat by everybody. Uh, I started lifting weights and you know, when you're 14, 15, 16, you're growing. Mm -hmm. Had a couple really cool mentors that would also uh, teach me to fight and encourage me because they they were the ones who said, dude, you got a year and a half, just under two years before your brother gets out of prison. What are you going to do? What's your recourse? How are you going to face that freaking monster? Because they all knew. Everybody knew. Uh, my parents were in denial. So they helped me out a lot. Then I got good at wrestling and I started getting good grades. And I loved the... um. You know, the camaraderie, the team, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. team camaraderie um, and and the physical turmoil, you know, and the um, the personal gain, you know, the, the feeling of winning. I loved it. I love that. Uh, so I think that was one of one of my driving forces is when I graduated high school, I wanted to feel that feeling again. Oh, by the way, when my brother get back from prison, I kicked his ass. Nice. <laughs> in front of my parents. Nice. <laughs> yep. And did, so did that re- set up a I, new relationship between you two, just out of curiosity? Like, did it set a boundary? Did you guys have a kumbaya moment after that? No, or- hell no. I, I I hated his guts till the day he died. Yep. And well, that, overdosed. Yep. That, that's that's definitely uh, probably the best superhero origin we've heard on the show so far about like yeah. hitting, hitting the gym, learning to wrestle, and kicking your tormentor's ass. That's pretty good. Yep. I mean, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it really, I mean, I do owe him, right? I So I do have to credit him to some degree for being just a total douchebag. <laughs> uh, but yep. Nah, we'd never bury the hatchet. Nope. And that wasn't going to happen. He never changed. He never changed. He was one of those, um, you know, leeches on society never worked. Just got handed free shit. Yeah. Would um, take responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In and out of the prison system forever. Thought he was a tough guy. Covered with jailhouse tasks. Just a real work of, you know, just a real piece. Just a real mixed bag of loose spare parts. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so I knew I needed that again you know that that uh that camaraderie mm-hmm. that team cohesion that uh physical turmoil um winning uh winning and and losing too right you know all that stuff uh and uh my dad was into it that i wanted to uh to join the military he was into it big time uh so he helped me i, I did go to the recruiter the recruiters because i went to all of them i did go on my own without him knowing when i was 17 and uh, the army at the time had the best answer because th- there was like immediate action. I could go into uh, become an airborne ranger or the SF baby program was a thing mm-hmm. at that time in 1983. Uh, and I came back and told my dad and, and he said, did you sign anything? I said, 
um, not yet. I want to talk to you. He says, we're going, we're going down with the lawyer. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, he knows, rec- he knows, you know, that recruiters can do some slimy. Shit. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Yeah. And so he adjusted the paperwork. The recruiter did. He adjusted it. He made some, he made some kind of, he erased something and penciled something in. Uh, and I signed up for basically that the, the brand new 18 x-ray program, mm-hmm. which meant I had to go to you know, infantry basic training. So 13 weeks, what, 12, 13 weeks there, and then to airborne school and then to the SF course, if I made all that stuff. And then I get jacked up in airborne school. <laughs> I was on, distinguished honor graduate in basic training. I go to airborne school and my second jump, I'm a freaking toe jumper. Oh, oh my shit. god all the way across fryer drop zone i'm the second one out the last one to land oh thankfully it came loose yeah all the way across what's that a minute and a half drop zone oh my god pat for for so, those for for people who don't know what a toad jumper is can you please tell them and describe your experience as a toad jumper oh the experience <laughs> Well, so when you first learn how to jump, you're jumping static line. So a static line uh, hooks to an inboard cable and um, or to a to a cable that runs the uh, length of the aircraft. Uh, and once you jump out and reach the, the end of the static line, it deploys your chute for you. Uh, well, in this particular case, that static line got wrapped under my reserve and around my arm. So I was just outside the door. Thankfully, uh, C one—I guess I think thankfully C one thirty versus C one forty one. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or not, uh, but it was bad immediately because this was also tearing my body apart. Right. Because I felt it. I felt right. it around my body, and I was hitting the plane. Boom, 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 oh and I visibly saw people going <laughs> over me, <clears throat> right over the top of me. Oh my god! And I was just spinning in circles. And all I, I could vaguely remember, you know, the jump master uh, briefing about, you know, putting a hand on a helmet and one on the reserve. Vaguely remember that. But there was no freaking way that was happening. <laughs> I was I was in an altered state of mind that was irreparable at that point. Uh, thankfully, it came loose. I hit a few times and it came loose. Now, uh, <laughs> under canopy, that's when I realized I am jacked up i am jacked i am jacked up i'm jacked up there was nothing but moans and groans coming from my body just moans and groans um i was just a limp sack of shit underneath a t10 parachute just just a limp limp sack of shit i hit the i hit the deck i land on my same injured side and at the time i didn't know but um i had a lot of injuries including broken ribs and uh concussion uh, dislocated shoulder and I fall on that side. So there was no PLF, you know, parachute landing fall. Right. I had two points of contact feet and that my injured side. Um, and then to add insult to injury, a gust of wind comes. Whoosh. And it, uh, now I'm getting drug across fire drop zone and I'm all bashed up. And then I can hear one of the black hats, one of the instructors yelling at me saying, get up Blake. You over there getting drug? Release one of your cable loop type canopy release assemblies now, leg. And I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> Except without that level of enthusiasm. But I did hear him, and I knew he was yelling at me. And I popped a cable, boom, the chute collapsed, and then I'm laying there, and I'm going, 
what in the, what in the fuck just happened? This jumping thing sucks. <laughs> but I did pack up my parachute in a kit bag, went back to the assembly area. Now I still had no idea how bad I was. When I got there, um, I saw the black hats. They were looking. They were looking for people because apparently I didn't know this. They saw that somebody was towed. Right. So now they're all looking. They're like, "Where is this dude?" Well, I saw a buddy of mine, and he goes, "Dude, are you okay? You look you." Because I know I was ashen. I was shocky still, and I had blood, you know, coming down on this side of my brain bucket. Um, and I said, "Bro, I am, I am hurt. Something's really bad with my arm." And he goes, "Holy cow!" And on my BDUs, I had rope burns. And he's going, what the hell? And he says, take it off. I says, I can't, I can't move this arm. I cannot. There's no signal from here to there. There's none. Um, so he helped me unbuckle my um unbutton um, my blouse and pulled it down. And then when I saw that bicep and I saw that it had get, been pulled down yeah. to my forearm. Oh yeah. Man. And like the skin was almost translucent. That's when I immediately heaved. Right. I just heaved. Because <laughs> now I knew why, oh, why I was hurting so bad. And then the ribs, everything. But then the black hat saw they came over. Hey, you the guy? Yes. And they were, dude, like um, velvet gloves, you know, velvet gloves. They were like, bro, sit down over here. The uh, um, the helo just left with a guy who broke his leg. We got to bus you to Martin Army Hospital. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. so, we, so I had the bus there, and the, it was a bumpy ride. Right. Guy jiggling me all over the place broken ribs and jacked up bicep um and then there's more there's more the, the hospital it's 1983 the hospital's filled with grenade vets who had real injuries from you know air airfield seizures and shit. uh anyway that's that was how i started so did you so i mean i know that having the bicep uh the bicep detached is a common injury with with that when you get towed did they mm-hmm. Do they have to do a surgery to reattach it then? Oh, and... yeah, 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 yeah. You can see that scar oh, there. Geez, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and this bicep's still a lot smaller than my other one. Um, but, yeah, um, yeah, they had to dig it out of my form and put it back together. And the way he explained it to me, he says, this is the size of your bicep right now. <laughs> this is what we could salvage. <laughs> wow. The oh, surgeon's man. name was Perlick. I remember his name, Perlick. Redheaded dude. So that's like that's cool that I mean at least uh they didn't chapter you out of the military. No, or, or, um, med, or med board you out of the military. I nope, 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 mm, nope. Um I was in the hospital for a minute. Yeah. And, and I was there for, and then I was I had to work at the airport and commit dude, it just sucked. You had to, had to work, work at the, the like oh. yeah, I had to work there. I was on profile. I had oh. to work at like 45th company airborne, whatever the hell it's called, training <laughs> thingy. And um yeah, I had to work there for a few months. Let me see, no, no, September, October, November, December. So through Christmas break, uh, January, I think I jumped again in February. So you had to continue the course? From, they, did, they didn't just like... Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to continue. Um, now, I already been through all the other stuff. Right. So they just put me right on a plane. They right. They gave me a ground refresher. Oh, that's good. And dude, they were, they were cool as hell. The instructors put me first in the door. And I, I remember this one jump master. You know, telling me stand in the door, I handed him my static line, and he grabbed it from me, and he looked me right in the face. You know, it's like I got this thing. Yeah, <laughs> this is not gonna jack you up. They were cool as hell. They were cool as hell. They were cool as hell. So I did uh, two firsts in the door because uh, I had to get three more there. So two firsts in the doors, and then one in the middle of the stick. 
Yeah. yeah. And then from there, did you go straight? From there, right to the SF course, which was, I mean, I'm not in peak shape now. Now, when I joined yeah. the Army, I was in peak shape. Right. You know, I was a state champion wrestler and, and weightlifter, and I was badass. Um, but uh, now I'm out of shape. And I got to start the SF course. I started on my birthday in 1984. Yep, on my 19th birthday. Uh, and it, it wasn't like today where they have like SFAS, they had pre-phase, which was nothing more than just an absolute smoke fest for a couple weeks and just trim the fat. Let's see who could put up with this shit. You know, they were just making it up as, as they went, uh, for the, the rest of that, the rest of the SF course was similar to what is today. Uh, but that was filled with uh, several different road bumps too. I mean, one after the other, even out of Camacall. I couldn't get hot, ch like, uh, I think like twice or three times a week, they would bring in hot A's, you know, and mm -hmm. instead of C rations, because mm -hmm. MREs weren't out just yet. They were almost there. Um, and in order to get hot A's, you had to do 10 pull-ups with your kid on and climb the rope. And I'd had no biceps still. I was still building this thing back. But, you know, it, it, I was young and it didn't take long before I was able to knock them out again. Um which sucked because, you know, uh, before that, I was one of these, like, I was a pull-up. I had to pull-up record in basic training. Right. Now I couldn't I, Now I couldn't do any to feed myself. <laughs> but, uh, eh, you know, little, there was just tons of speed bumps like that. The SF course sucked. I failed out of first phase. Um, uh, and it was for bullshit reason, bullshit reason. I think it was a, the, 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 uh, the cadre at the time. They weren't too keen of us 18 x-rays, you know, mm -hmm. as SF babies. Right. Um, and, um, man, and th back then they still had the survival program, you know, six days out in Uwari, and you're issued one ration, a live chicken or a live rabbit for those six days. And then you got like 21 tasks to complete in this, in this uh, amount of time. Um, but I did good on survival. I did good. And one of the instructors was, he was just jealous. They would come out every night and check on you. And he wrote me up for some bullshit. And, um, you know, I already had a couple red tick marks and that was that, that put me over the edge. So I had to do first phase all over again, the whole thing. So yep. they were really uh, gatekeeping in the, with the beginning of that 18 x-ray program. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, but I, but I made it through and then I went to a uh, first group. Uh, and then I learned pretty quick that, I'm not, I'm not so special afterwards <laughs> because what the hell does a, you know, 19 year old private, uh, private first class know? not, you know, freaking asset to an A team, but I did get assigned to an A team. Uh, and you know, th these guys were all either 82nd airborne or, uh, first or second range of battalion. You know, they, they were badass infantrymen. You know, they all had all this infantry experience. I had nothing, zero goose egg. But that, but it went well. I was fast tracking. Um, I had, by the time I was, I think I was a buck sergeant. No, maybe staffs. I was by the time I was twenty two years old, I had two SF MOSs, eighteen Bravo, eighteen Echo, and I was a Whiskey Nine, so Combat wow. Dive and Halo. Right. By the time I was twenty two, so I was fast tracking, fast tracking. You know, um, I was high speed, low drag at a early age. <laughs> uh, and and first group is fun, you know, but it was all fed stuff. It's peacetime army, you know. You're not yeah. going to do anything really. It was a and lot I of, a lot, of uh, a lot of Thailand, Philippines, Korea at that yep. time. Thailand, Philippines. Yep. Bingo. Yep. 
Yep, yep. And I love those trips. It was great. You know, um, I, I, I immersed myself in the culture. Um, but uh, out of the blue, man, a bunch of us got uh, pulled to this recruiting meeting. You know, like, hey, you meet the requirements, go see this recruiting building number, you know, hotel 104, whatever, something like that. Uh, uh, and I went there and here's some dude in civilian clothes and long hair. He's in a suit. And he was so freaking vague. <laughs> so vague. I mean, the, the amount of ambiguity was ridiculous. I, I, I equate it to um, Will Smith and Men in Black. When he's in that room with the, right. with the, with the half-dome chairs. Yeah. And he's asking Rip Torn now, what are we doing here again? He goes, because you're the best of the best of the best. <laughs> you're not on some intergalactic kegger here. But, it, you know, so it was like, it was like what, what, what is this? It was very vague, vague. I don't even think he said, I think he said work in the European theater, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're going to, you know, learn a language. It, uh, you got to grow your hair out. You're going to have a civilian um, clothing allowance and this kind of crap. And I'm like, well, damn, that sounds a hell of a lot better than foreign internal defense. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like, you know, it's inter it was interesting. I, I said, hell yeah. Because that's the thing, you know, with, with the military, right? It's all about leveling up, getting right. doing the next thing. Right. The opportunity presents itself to say, yep, I want that. I want that course. I want that course. I want that school. Yep, I want to level up, level up, level up. I want to go to that battalion or that unit, you know, um, <clears throat> especially if you're spending a career at it. You want to level up. Right. I mean, that's the objective. And that should be – that's a good metaphor for life, too. We should want to always continue to level up. It doesn't end, you know, that cycle. Um, so, um, yeah, they sent me to DLI, you know, Defense Language Institute, Monterey, California, which is an eye opener, uh, <laughs> and then learn, learn German. You think you do, you know, and you, 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 you test out well, you know, oh, yeah, three, three and freaking German, blah, blah, blah. And then you get there in the ground and you realize you don't know shit. Once again, here, here we go again. You don't know shit because the, you know, actually speaking, to people is a whole lot different than being in the classroom environment and just checking the and talking to the teacher mm -hmm. in your nice comfort zone. But um, yeah, I immersed myself in that too. I mean, I would I would talk to small like uh, uh, merchants and um, uh, I joined a um, uh, oh back to that back to the the job. So that was PSSE, um, and um, which was it was it was cool in that it was uh, it was it was it was cloak and dagger shit, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's peacetime army, but we're in the heat of the Cold War. Right. So I had no idea that these things existed. Most people didn't, man. Most people didn't. Um but but they do. And and they still do. Shit like this still exists. Uh so we were kind of um you know, we 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 were the backup plan in case the balloon went up and Soviets invaded. So now we'd have a a stay behind force in Berlin because that was kind of the epicenter for everything spy, right? It was right in the middle of all the shit. Right. Plus Berlin sat in the middle of Soviet East Germany too, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so, uh, and it was cool. It was cloak and dagger shit. You're doing a lot. You, you're walking the streets, you're pounding the pavement a lot, you know, and you're working, um, you're working routes in mm -hmm. case you have to pick up that double agent. You know, you're working routes. You're, 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 uh, uh, 
uh, mo monitoring signal sites. You're loading dead drop sites. It was all that was street craft, uh, trade craft stuff. I think they changed the name trade craft to street craft, but uh, anyway. And, um, uh, Pat, I, I just want to point out for viewers out there, PSSE was the unit that preceded or came after special forces detachment a in Berlin. Right. They yeah, had they, to, they had to kind of change the cover because it got exposed after desert one and, and PSSE, correct me if I'm wrong, physical sensitive security element was the name. Yeah. 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 There okay. you go. Yeah. Okay. Right on. <laughs> Pat, was there, was there a reason? I mean, when you think of that, when you think of that unit, often you think of 10th group, but they were pulling people from everywhere. Right. It sounds yeah, there like. was no so that I think that was another change, right? There was no affiliation with 10th group with PSSE, okay, as there was with Dead A, right? No affiliation, yep. Um, but it was, it was, it was, it was, fu it was fun, it was a fun job, you know. It really wasn't that, um, I wasn't as deep into the Cold War as I thought I was until my next job there, um, but uh. It, it was great, man. You you really learned, you know, the streets, the subway systems, the S-Bonds, uh, the, uh, the merchants, the businesses, the bars, the alleys, you know, everything, the shithole shit, shit hotels. Uh, it, 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 you knew it inside and out. You really got to know that place well. Uh, and it was just like one exercise after the other, you know, with, with picking up uh, uh, agents and, you know, Fall off, uh, uh, fought agents. Um, but out of the blue, uh, my sergeant major at that unit, uh, he policed me up one day and says, Hey man, there's a, uh, there's a guy here. I want you to talk to because the writing was on the wall that PSSC was going to close. The writing was on the wall, right? So, um, that it, that was, that it was going to be short lived. He says, there's a guy here. I want you to meet. So I went down and now here's his master sergeant. He's in uh, BDUs. I got a freaking mullet and a stupid <laughs> Fu Manchu mustache <laughs> and big fat, stupid German brown boots and a pleather jacket. Um, and he said, Hey, uh, I work in another unit here. I'm like, come on. How many of these are <laughs> Leveling this up. One sounded, this one sounded way cool. <laughs> so this was USMLM, United States Military Liaison Mission. And uh, he said, basically what we do is we spy on the Soviet Army in Soviet East Germany. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you got to be shit, bro. <laughs> yes, where do I sign? <laughs> and um, so I went through the interview process, and it was all in German, the interview process. And the first thing he asked me, in German was, can you explain to me in detail how a 35 millimeter camera, uh, I almost said functioneer, uh, operates? <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I, yeah, yeah, I could do that. But um, that job was cool as hell. Um, so we had this, uh, uh, it was, it was kind of like overt, mm -hmm. you know, spy. You, you, you were in uniform, spy. right? When you had to do yes, these Yes, in uniform, yeah. in a military vehicle. No weapons, no, no signal, no comms, man. It was so stupid. I had, <laughs> I argued with him about that, about the no comms thing, you know, after I'd been there a while. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we had a, uh, soft, uh, cover for action, cover for status. And that was, we were a liaison unit to the Soviet army. And we actually did some of that, but, um, that would get us into Soviet East Germany. 
and we were issued maps by the Soviet army. Uh, and these maps had big yellow blobs on them. And these blobs were called PRAs, permanently restricted area. That's where all the good shit is though. You know, that's where all KGB comms and nuke SS, uh, 24s and, you know, uh, S, uh, 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 What's, I'm trying to think of the other nuke ones, so not frogs, and but you know the nuke the nukes were SS 24s and maybe SS 21s. Should I forget? It's been a minute, <laughs> but I used to know every piece of Soviet kit, every single one of them, because they send you to a school in Kent, um, in the UK, a British military intelligence school, and you learn. Oh my God, man! You you dream about Soviet kit in that school. You dream about it, and they have so much of it. I knew everything from Flatfish radar to Zil one three one to every variant of uh, BTR to every variant of BMP to every variant of T eighty. You know, to 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 the aircraft. You know, for every Mig, every uh, uh, Hilo, Halo, Hip. Uh, uh, you know, just all of the helicopters. Um, and we were issued passes, uh, and that would get us over the Glienicke Brücke into Potsdam, East Germany. Uh, and we were basically given, like, a, you know, uh, some... The missions came from higher up, you know, stat- satellite imagery, that kind of thing. Uh, at the time, too, East Germany was split into three quadrants, and we rotated through the quadrants because the Brits were doing it and the French were doing it, too. And we try to collaborate, you know, change, exchange information, stuff like that. But a lot of times, uh, interagency shit, just like anywhere else, you know, it's like knowledge is power. Yeah. I don't want to give it up, yeah. which is freaking bullshit, bro. We're freaking fighting commies, you know, <laughs> give me some info here. Um, but that was a very, very, very exciting and fulfilling job. Extremely. Pat, I, I don't know if I don't know if you can speak to this, and if not, you know that's fine. I totally understand. But you have your cover for status, your cover for action as these military liaisons. You have these sites that are awfully, uh, uh, you know, obviously off limits. You're also under observation, I assume, all the time. Probably. How, how do you manage to to like do your job? Recon, yeah, you know. Well, fortunately, see, we also went to uh, military driving schools, right? Hosted by the uh, Bundesnachrichtdienst. <laughs> I think I got that right. I haven't said that word in like 20 years. For some reason. Um, but uh, uh, most of our driving was on like tank trails and such. We, we were navin. We were navin. This was before GPS. Uh-huh. So we, were, we were navin on one over 24,000 topographical maps that's how we're navigating and trip meter on the dashboard you know so you're navigating down tank trails and shit like this and they then they went forever forever then you hit a hardball uh when you hit a hardball i remember this too anytime you hit a hardball off a dirt road you go the opposite direction for a few hundred meters and then turn around because our tire tracks were very distinguishable and the stasi was out there looking mm-hmm. for us you know the, the east german secret police um but um, they uh, they didn't have people actively looking for us. Okay. But the Soviets knew what we were doing, so and we would we would actively go to training sites, and a lot of times we would try to uh, elicit information from lower level dudes, you know, that weren't hardline commies. 
I mean, you you tempt a freaking private with a penthouse magazine and some right. Marlboro cigarettes, you're getting some information. Right. <laughs> you right now. And then you sit down with them and you, you and you share lunch. I remember sharing lunch with these two privates one day. They were caretakers for a training, uh, uh, training, training, training site, training ground, training area. Um, and they were living in a foxhole when we said, uh, and we travel in pairs and one of us speaks fluent uh, Russian and I'm the German speaker. And the guy was asking, how long have you been out here? He goes, oh, this is our third week <laughs> living in this foxhole, just guarding the training area. And they would get like rations delivered. And I called it brown cabbage and cardboard flavored bread. <laughs> it was so commie. <laughs> it was so typical commie, you know? <laughs> So we made a fire, and I'm busting out, like, you know, crackling oat bran and Denny Moore beef stew. These guys nearly shit themselves. Evil <laughs> temptations of the West. Oh, dude. Yes. <laughs> I come from the big 7-Eleven in the sky, bro. That's where I come That's from. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, that conscript army shit, man. You know, we, we, we're so freaking spoiled. We're so spoiled. We're so spoiled. We have no idea. You know, we have such first world problems. I, I've seen soaps get freaking hammered, hammered on antifreeze. Hammered. Brutal. Yeah. I've seen, I, I went into a barracks once. All the troops were out to, to the uh, field, uh, SA-11, SA-11 compound. And uh, we, 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 we watched them leave on buses and a lot of them were in formation. We, we snuck up, we, we observed for a minute, we made a little racket too to see if anybody was in there, you know, and nobody. So we went in to this barracks and there was bulletin boards and we were snapping the shit, you know, taking pictures of everything. And, and, and the smell and there was putrid in this barracks and ammonia was killing my eyes and my nose, and my sinuses. It's like, what the, what is this? What is this? And there was a stairwell that went downstairs to a basement. Um, and there was some windows, you know, uh, we, we walked down the stairs and realized the plumbing of this barracks shit the bed. Oh man, I'm, I can't believe I use that term with this story. <laughs> so they just, they just drained all of the shit and piss oh right into the basement, god. right into the basement. Oh yep. my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they, so it's funny the shit we pissed and moan about, but, um, that was, a, yeah, it was a, it was a cool, cool, uh, time in in history for me pat one uh, one second yes. i'm sorry to interrupt i just got to give a quick shout out to our sponsor for the show and we'll go oh, right on. on good 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 uh bubs naturals bubsnaturals.com they're a health food company they work with the glenn doherty foundation uh which is you know glenn doherty was one of the uh grs contractors a former seal who unfortunately died in benghazi and um they give it 10 percent of their profits to charity uh with the foundation and uh this is a uh flavorless protein that they make they got mct powder and also right here oh, you got the gummies yeah so uh great stuff i love the mct oil Great, uh, you know, great for your so, morning coffee. Bub, bubsnaturals.com. Use the code TEAMHOUSE to get 20% off. Bubsnaturals.com. And the promo code is TEAMHOUSE to get 20% off your order. All right, Pat, back to you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch -ch -ch -chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pat, at, at, the, at the time, like, you know, you're a young Joe and, and like enjoying the high speed life. Do you realize how much a part of history you are at yeah, that point in really, time? man. No, hell no. Does anybody when they're when yeah. they're when they're there? I right. mean, when the when the Berlin Wall came down, I was right there. And during reunification, I had no idea the gravity of that. No idea. Can, can no you, t- can you tell us a, a little bit about that? Like you look like man, dude, listening to like Front Two Four Two and Einstrunzende Nubatten out there, the like industrial music as the yes. wall comes down, wearing your leather jacket and the mustache and the glasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's badass. Yep. Well, what was yep. I mean? What what was that like being there when when this historic event happened? It it it. it, it, it you know, it, it kind of snuck up on us, right? It was like all of a sudden one day, right? right. This reunification is going to happen. Well, what's first step? First step is wall comes down, right? You know, because because wall came down eighty nine. Reunification didn't happen until ninety one. Yeah. So I, I can't even imagine the logistics there. What went on? You know, in between there, right? Um, but um, it was uh, both. I, I I was I was partying at both. Now wall coming down. Not much of a party. Tell you the truth, really, not like reunification, bro. Ninety-one reunification is when everybody start. You know, when the gates open. Yeah, uh, families are like, getting together that haven't uh, seen yeah, each I mean, other. Yeah, I don't think anybody realized that they partied all the way through the night until the sun came up. Because nobody was, we weren't, in, nobody's in bars and stuff. People were just bringing booze from every corner and crevice and glove box and trunk. You know, so right there uh, under the. Um, uh, uh, the uh, not the Gedeckness Kirche, but the uh, uh, shit, Brandenburg Tour, fuck, shit. right by the Brandenburg Tour, you know. So that's where the big party was, and just thousands and thousands of people, and fires and fireworks, and bands just setting up. And I think David Hasselhoff was there too, <laughs> I think he was responsible for it, probably. Probably. Yeah. And, and, and he claims uh, that. With, with PSSE, I mean, were you there looking to like scoop up some documents or maybe find defectors? I mean, what, what were you guys looking at? No, not at that point. At that point, like reunification, I was looking for another job. <laughs> 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 because <laughs> wall comes down and we're reunified. Well, huh. So, so the, and that was the end of it, you know? Right. So now I have to, I have to find a job. Yeah. So that's when I went to selection for the unit. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, uh, because once again, level up. What's what do I do now after this shit? Because this was cool as hell. Right. What is there? There was only one thing. Only one thing. Right. And to me, there was so much mystique there. I knew I knew guys there. I had some buds that went. I knew nothing about the unit or nothing at all. Um, went to selection and I failed. <laughs> I was like, "Well, damn, bro, <laughs> this sucks." <laughs> I had to go back to Germany, and then I volunteered to go to SWIC, you know, Special Warfare Center, to be an instructor because I want because they gave me a second chance. The unit said you could come back to selection. I had broken ankle, uh, so they said make it a full year, make sure you're ready that you're strong. And I was like, hell yeah, bro! Not only that, but whew, it was a risk and a half volunteering for SWIC because it was a four year commitment, and nobody wants to be in SWIC. That's a dead. <laughs> that's a. That's a. That's a nail in a coffin you know that's a that's a bad place to be i mean there are good places in swick but i was on like the commo committee <laughs> terminating traffic um, yeah uh 
and then went again a year later and I, and I did well. I was like, Oh hell yeah, man. Whew. Uh, and then planted, planted my ass there for 13 years. And then it was, you know, continuously trying to level up once again, level up, level up, level up. And it, not only in like team positioning or unit, even against individuals, because I, I had a bit of an ego, right? Uh, about me, uh, because I was a I was a top performer in most places where that I went. Top sure. performer. I get to the unit and I realize I'm mediocre. I'm mediocre. Now maybe at the like top tier mediocre, right? But still mediocre. <laughs> like, and and I continued to be that way for years. <laughs> Just mediocre, because it was there's all. It, it was amazing. It was the best best place uh, you could ever work at ever. Um, but it comes with a price, you know, long work hours, a uh, lot of, a uh, lot of stress, a lot of, uh, risk, a lot of injury. Um, and the stress was because you're always on the bubble. They reserve the right to fire your stinking ass at any given second. Mm -hmm. And it was easy to get fired from there. So you were always on the bubble, always short string. No, I say short string. They gave you a lot of slack. You know, they pull, they tons of slack, but at the end of that slack, it's an abrupt halt. When you Bam. say when you say it was easy to get fired there, like what were some of the reasons that you saw guys fired that, that they might not get fired in other units? Tons of them. Uh, I, 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 um, I, I'll tell you, a wake up call for me was uh, my first squadron training exercise. Right, first squadron hit. I don't know if I shared this with with many people. This one here, uh, first squadron hit. I see a fly stand by. Oh yeah, baby. Um, so squadron hit multiple breach points. Uh, we all, I'm on that. I'm on like the best team in the unit. These guys were just top dogs in everything, physical shooting tactics, all that shit. Um, multiple breach points, simultaneous boom teams enter multiple breach points. I go into the first room and I go click instead of bang. I didn't think, I mean, my immediate action was fast, mm -hmm. right? Because I knew what happened. So mm -hmm. slap rack, you know, instead of transitioning, I just slap rack, slap rack and got to work. And I was like, I hope nobody saw that. My <laughs> 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 troops are made to see. I mean, dudes, dudes are omnipotent. You know, when you get to that level, they're, they're omnipotent. They're going to see every freaking thing. And my troops are major saw it. And he docked me my, my proficiency pay for the month. No wow. shit. Wow. So he hit me right in the pocketbook. And that was a big raise. Uh, right. It was like $200 or something like that. I forget. It was substantial. Right. You know, on a GI's right. uh, paycheck. Um, but that fast. And he, and he also said, he goes, hey, uh, it, it, uh, you're on a shorter, you know, shorter string now. Right. Something like this happens again. We're, we're going to have to let you go. So it wasn't because I was like being negligent or doing something idiotic or moral and ethical, but they're going to fire you. Yeah. And there's a difference, right? So when d dudes do that shit or like NDs, they happen, they right. happen. Right. Especially when you're, when you're, when you're training that much, uh, depending on the circumstance, a lot of times they'll fire you for a year and uh, bring you back as a relook and allow you to come back again. Uh, but anything moral or ethical dilemma, anything like that, you're gone. Easy. Yeah. You're done. So compared to other units, yeah, Jesus, dude, I mean, that's an easy. You're out of here. Fire, anything, any kind of moral 
ethical, you know, so lying, uh, um, DUI, uh, cheating, um, you know, any of that stuff, you are freaking absolutely gone. Uh, also, if you wane or if you're falling behind in performance. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a good dude and you're falling behind in performance, they might find a job for you in a different part of the building. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be a door kicker. You're not going to be an operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yep, very easy to get fired. Uh, and, and I love that. I love the accountability portion, you know. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it was it was heartbreaking sometimes having buds, like, because I, I knew guys who would I, – I knew three people, similar story. This one, though, was kind of extreme. Um, guy was in on the weekend because dudes went in all the time and trained. Uh, went out to train, came back, went into his vault. Nobody's there. It's like, I don't know, seven or eight in the morning. I think he was doing night fire, you know, on Sunday. Uh, comes back, he's putting his guns away, and he freaking – he he sends one right into the floor, boom, a uh, a ND. Mm. You know he could have put some freaking putty on that. But he turned himself in. You know nobody was there. I know three dudes who have turned themselves in for NDs. Three of them, three guys turned themselves in. Nobody was there. They turned one guy was a simunitions round. He turned himself in. Wow. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Yep. But uh, I mean it's it it, it was nice working in that type of environment. Very nice. It was so cool, so freaking cool. Yeah. Pat, what uh, I spent thir- what, what what what? Just sorry. Um, what what year did you get to the unit? And to the extent that you can talk about, like, what was what was sort of the um atmosphere in the unit at that time, as far as like what was happening in the world? You mentioned the wall had oh, come yeah, down yeah, yeah. by cool, now. Cool, cool, cool. Like, what yep. what was the mission set that you were kind of training for and looking at? So I got there ninety two, um. And immediately, so a year later, I'm on this hot shit team in May of 93. Uh, I get ones on my pager because we're going to get ID'd. You know, we're going to get ID'd in Somalia. We're going to snatch him up or kill him. I think it was, didn't matter. Just <laughs> yeah. Kill him, I think. <laughs> I didn't think he needed to be captured. Is, is, is that the capture kill? Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, oh, you give me an option there? Damn, right, bro. right. <laughs> Capturing somebody's hard, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, but capture, kill, briefs, fine. Even if you, you know, well, yeah. he got, he killed, he resisted, but it was a capture kill yeah. op. Yeah. <laughs> so we trained our asses off, man. We went, you know, strictly uh, uh, um, priority for all unit assets, three weeks, and then, um, and then it got passed to another squadron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it got passed to another one. And, we, you know, we were just passing down, hey, this is the, some of the stuff we learned and tra- doing this and that. And we just pass on the info. Uh, and so C Squadron went. Um, so after that, uh, a big focus. This was kind of cool. Oh, wait, let me think about this. Let me think about this. Um, mm, nope, I'm not going to talk directly about that. I uh, will say the next boogeyman that we were going after was um, uh, Gaddafi. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, so he was on the radar. So um, uh, cool stories associated with that, but uh, nah, not super comfortable talking about the deets on that one. Um, so Gaddafi, and then um, there was we were doing some, and, and I'll be kind of vague on this one, we were doing some undercover stuff, which put us into parts of the world that we didn't have complete autonomy, right? But uh, but um, the next thing that emerged was, um, you know, Bosnia um, and 
this new thing called Pipwicks, right? Persons right. indicted for war crimes. So the 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 that war had finished in 95, 96-ish, you know. I think 96, that was it. That was it. Done, done. Not even sniper fire. Uh I, I, you know, um I was on Hillary Clinton's detail in no 96. Shit. Yeah, when she was under sniper fire. <laughs> There were, there, so you can confirm snipers. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was Tuzla. Eagle-based Tuzla. It's like one of the safest places in the world. Ah, oh, shit. And on that trip, too, Cheryl Crow hit on me. Really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's back when she was hot, too. Yeah? When all she wanted to do was have some fun? Boom! <laughs> yep, yep, yep. What, yep, was that like go. a USO tour or like some? Yeah, 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 yeah. They came over with like, uh, I think uh, it was Sinbad, Sheryl Crow, and then Hillary came over with Chelsea. Um, But yeah, there was, I've met a bunch of uh, like goofy uber lib politicians um, in the mid 90s over there. Like uh, Geraldine Ferraro, oh, Madeline Albright. She was kind of cool, even though she was a, uber lib but she was kind of cool still um but anyway so the so later 90s you know the pithwicks come to play persons indicted for war crimes these guys are badass man <laughs> you know so now we're back to oh we have to actually scarf these guys up and they got to go to the hague you know we can't just send out a drone or put a sniper in a in a in a in a uh um you know, a, a hindsight, <laughs> this shit's got to be surgical as hell. Uh, and I got a few of those guys. Um, yeah, I got the first one. His name was Christic, uh, General Christic, and then a couple other big names. Uh, but real freaking neat shit. I wish I could talk explicit about that, but eh. Yeah. No need to. No need to. This um, is something that was really right up your alley just from your previous yeah, yeah. missions in Germany, mm-hmm. right? Yep. 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 Yeah, it was cool, you know, because it was all plain clothes. It was cloak and dagger shit. Uh, right. Yep. But it was it was kind of like, you know, what the unit was made to do. You know right. what I mean? Right. This kind of stuff. Uh, and that was, that was, man, it was just bad. It was bad, badass, yeah. Uh, uh, and that, that fizzled out because um, we got them. We got them all. Uh, and then I was in S&T, Selection and Training. For, for a couple years. The bummer of that story is while I was in S&T, 9-11. 9-11. Which means everybody's deploying but us schmucks in S&T. But S&T. <laughs> We're not freaking going anywhere. Nowhere. <laughs> By the time um, I got over there, dudes had 150 combat hits, you know, in country or more. Yeah. And here I am, uh, I was at, oh, and I was at, I made e, E9 by that point. So here I am at E9 taking orders from a staff sergeant, which I didn't mind at all, bro. Right. E9, uh, a private E9, hell yeah. The <laughs> unit was probably one of the only places where you could be a private E9. You know, you know make me a door kicker as E9, hell yeah. Pat, I mean, you're actually a, a great authority then on this because being an SNT, how were those guys that were going over and then coming back? How were tactics and training involving? Were they getting fed directly to you guys? Were were was were was the training course evolving like on the spot, 
sort of in that. It moment. pretty much stayed. It, it was it. It's it's so perfectly designed. It pretty much stayed exactly the way it is. Okay. Pretty much exactly the way it is. Yeah, because it it was it was designed for that in mind. That kind of shit. That right. counterterrorism stuff. So it did not change one freaking bit. What did change was the influx in people wanting to get to the unit. Right. Because we were getting some, man. Right. I mean, people were, you know, there were there were a lot of, like, uh, special forces teams and stuff getting some and uh, other special ops units. But we were like, it was nonstop, nonstop. So guys really want to get there because a lot of a lot of people weren't doing shit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the, the OTC, the Operator Traders course, stayed stayed pretty much exactly the same. And so what um, what was it like by the time you got over to Afghanistan? I didn't go to Afghanistan. Oh, I'm sorry, Iraq then. Yep, toys to Iraq, okay. real short trips. Uh it was um it was still uh target rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, oh because it was oh four and oh five. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh uh 04, I didn't do shit, man, because oh man, this is kind of, it's kind of cool though, too. Um the unit sent me over because I was at the t- oh man this this was a this was a shit detail but but I did it uh it it was at the end of my S and T I, I had no team I had no squadron I had no body <laughs> uh, and they sent me over to Iraq to um to check out what the support element was doing the mechanics the engineers the logist uh, log, uh, uh, logistics guys um the the cooks all that you know, to check them out, to see how their security was. And man, it was bad. It was bad, 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 bad. Uh, so I did a lot of OJT on the ground with them because they were doing high risk shit, man. They were getting shot at more than we were. <laughs> uh, and then they, uh, the unit brought me back and I built a course for the support element. I built a course for what, it. Like a mini OTC? Dude, it was two weeks, very, very intensive. Yeah. Uh, all of the basic tactics stuff of shooting, right? So right from BRM uh, to multiple target engagements to to pistol work, um, and then to um, uh, the uh, all of the uh, uh, crucial weapons. Damn it, man! I ha- I don't use these terms often anymore. But so all the crucial weapons. So anything that was belt fed or shoulder carried. We train them all on that. A lot of driving, a lot of uh, um, vehicle-based scenarios, a lot of first aid. So now these guys are going back over. When I went back over with my former squadron, we were taking them out with us. And they were, like, hit on street corners. Cooks, bro. Yeah. You know, my, a man in a Mag 58. <laughs> Which was cool as hell. Yeah, cool as hell. Um, but, uh. I, I, I and and I really like that time working with them because dude talk about appreciation because they idolized us you know the support element idolized us operators and now you're chummy chummy with them and you're teaching them all this cool freaking commando shit and they're like what the fuck this is the best thing ever and then they're doing shit with freaking operators on the ground yeah granted it's manning it's manning freaking security positions but that's big freaking nickel for an engineer for a cook yeah for yeah. a uh, uh, a mechanic yeah. No, you're on a freaking a, a mod deuce 50 cal and some of these guys like got into firefights like wow you know ripping rounds down down um alleyways and the mechanics and can be so salty because we you know we just break all their shit and then get right. it back yeah, to yeah. them <laughs> now they're getting yep, to go right. out on the op well, cooks are the hardest working people in the military yeah. i mean yep. 
you know so if, to get some love is like yeah brilliant yeah so good so good but that's what makes the, the unit so freaking just absolute badass man you know i spent a lot of time training the my um my support element over there i, I would shoot with them every week i would have open range day and they where they could come out and i run like scenarios for them and yeah but uh yeah so i stayed uh till 2005 i retired in 2005 2005 Whew. And, and then life started <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> it's like what do i do now after i since i've grown up what the hell you know and, and that transition could be spooky yeah. now i did have some uh groundwork set already i, I picked low-hanging fruit and took a job even before i retired i got offered a job uh corporation doing military contract stuff uh, paying me more, you know, I was like, you know, in familiar territory. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Good. Um, and it sucked, man. Now that, you know, since I'm, I'm out on my own, even it, it, when I was on my, so I worked for that corporation for about four, four and a half years and they laid me off. Best thing that could ever happen to me. Scared. One of the scariest moments in my life too, because I had family, little kids, all this shit. Um, but probably one of the best things that could have happened for growth, right? We right. Need, we need to be very uncomfortable in order to grow. Right. Because um, we need to, we, we get uncomfortable. We need to, we need to shit that exoskeleton and put on another exoskeleton. That's a little bit bigger. Right. Um, uh, but when I got laid off, I was like, dude, what in the, I mean, I, 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 uh, I confided in a bunch of buddies of mine that had their own businesses and they all said that they could get me work, but they all said the same thing. Just do it on your own. Just do it on your own. And man, I did. And it worked out. It worked out now ebbs and flows, right? When you run your own, right, right. I mean, deep, dark holes, highs, just, uh, one freaking thing after the other. It never stopped ebbs and flows. I mean, uh, but I was doing well. But I knew I, I was working a lot too. Uh -huh. This this uh, was you then, were doing tactical marksmanship courses and things yep, like that. Yep, yep, mm -hmm. yep, yep. And I had a full, uh, you know, slate. Man, everybody wanted it. Everybody, I was doing the, I was doing something that nobody else had. I was doing what I call uh, performance based training. So I was training dudes, kind of like a um, a uh, sports psychologist would train a professional athlete. I mean, that's like, what's the difference, man? <laughs> that's what I would tell guys. You know, what's the difference? You're you're basically a professional athlete when you're at that level. So, let's uh, let's train like professional athletes. And um, but um, so 2010 is when I generated T Max, my company, and I was working my ass off. Same time, going through it, just an absolute bludgeon fest of a uh, marriage. Uh -huh. tail end tail end it was real bad real bad i i I'd married some you know at the beginning of this it was 16 year relationship at the beginning of it, it was cool uh she disclosed to me that she had some health issue, mental issues but she was taking meds and everything but pretty soon you know bipolar so mm -hmm. pr but pretty soon she started abusing the meds right and drinking on them now yeah. that fucks up the neuroreceptors in your head real bad you know when you're abusing prescription meds which are absolute poison if you're on prescription meds try to get off of them there's plenty of alternatives out there mother nature knows how to take care of us oh man that shit drives me crazy um so she became a rave absolute raving lunatic uh just delusional and uh paranoid 
It was bad, 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 bad for years. I lived in a bonus room above my garage for five years. Um, but I finally, that one came to an end thanks to the police in my town. Long story, I could go on for freaking two hours on that one. Um, and that was 2013. 2013 was my worst year and my best year, all wrapped in one. All wrapped in one. See, those of you out there listening who did any kind of government contract stuff in 2013, you remember this thing called sequestration. <laughs> sequestration. <laughs> Bro, my calendar was full. 2013. You know, uh, Secret Service, Border Patrol, 82nd Airborne, just one after the other. Sequestration happened in January. 2013 light switch click no work oh, wow you got no work and i'm in you know and i'm at the tail end of a divorce right that's january march i move out and i'm assuming this debt because we already been through a few mediations and i'm i've, I've been through tons of mediations already right T tons of them i am spending so much on lawyers um and trying to clear this debt it was astro it was it, it it, it absorbed an amount. I, I, I'm not. I'm not even going to mention the number. It was ridiculous, because um, I didn't even know that you could run like a debit card as a credit card. You know, because my ex was doing all this shit. I had no idea. Oh and I had to assume all this shit. Oh my god. Because um, I thought it was just debit card. You know, it's debit. It's debit right. card. But the, some of them come with you know thirty thousand dollars worth of credit. Surprise! There was, was a lot of them. But uh. Uh, so 13, all that shit happened. Um, I move out. I'm close to my kids. I'm 500 yards away in a condo. Uh, sequestration, not getting paid. Just just one freaking shit storm after the other. Uh, September 2013 is when I met, when I meet my current wife, which was which has been, it's been, it's been a it's been a dream come true. Remember earlier I said. Second chance on life. That was the first time I got a second mm -hmm. lease on life. I will tell you about the second time later. This is the second time. Not many of us get that, you know, second lease on life. So it, in order to get a second lease on life, shit's got to be pretty bad. Right. You know, you got to be down and out. You got to be a maybe a junkie or or go completely bankrupt or, you know, shit's got to be bad. You know, you've, you've, you've suffered major loss. Right. Uh, um, so that's when I meet Rebecca, too. Um and uh man i just started life all but at the time that was 2003 i was 48 years i'm 48 years old i had to start life all over again at 48 years old but um it's been great and uh, you know what pains me i've said this on podcast before i've said this and this this is this is a scary thought this gives me this makes me cringe knowing what i have right now knowing you know what i have right now yeah and being as happy and content and, and satisfied and busy as I am right now, I would do all that shit over again. I would do all that. I would do, I would, I would 100% do all that bullshit. I would live in that bonus room for five years. I would be accused of being, of, 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 of cheating six, seven, eight times a day, having the cops come over, showing them how I'm bug in the house, how the TV's bugged, how I'm operating the TV from El Paso through my cell phone, how I'm, you know, uh, uh, I, 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 the accusations were just freaking stupid. It was so, there were so many of them. 
but I would I would change it. I would I wouldn't change any of that How, because of what I have right now. You know, a, a lot of guys, especially a lot of a lot of guys coming from those high performing units, um, you know, have a difficult time transitioning into the civilian yep. world to begin mm-hmm. with. Yeah. You know, you go from from sixty to zero, as they say. Yep. Um, you know, not only did you have that going on, but you had these, you know, really challenging issues at home where probably your own reality was being challenged on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? Like you're trying to deal with this transition to begin with, and then you have somebody who's like trying to impose this sort of psychotic frame over, over your world. How, how did you manage all that at the same time? Were you dealing with it well? No, no, no. Uh, I, I, now, I'll tell you how you manage it. You got to stay busy, right? Um, so you said 60 to zero. You can't go to zero. You got to stay around 60. You've got to stay. I don't give a shit if that's working, um, if that's, you know, becoming an entrepreneur or plowing a field. Mm-hmm. You've got to be mission focused. There's got to be meaning in your life. Fulfillment. You've got to have it because you've had it for so long, especially career military guys, you know? Career military, they've got, they need that. They need that camaraderie, that teamwork, that fulfillment, that work with meaning. Um, I, I didn't, I, I, I was dealing with it well initially, uh, but when I, when I was going through the last five years of that marriage, it was, it was bad. It was mm-hmm. real bad. I was, um, I found myself in a very, very deep, dark hole. Um, it was like the the pit of despair. <laughs> I like to say that I could joke about any portion of my life, any injury, um, any mishap. The one, this one though, is hard for me to joke about. Uh, but it's important to talk about. I ran into uh, a, a a massive three to four year long spell of depression. I had no idea what depression is, but I was almost quitting. I was quitting on me. Uh-huh. I was quitting. I was quitting. I was quitting. I was uh, accepting mediocrity. Did you know uh, you wasn't... were quitting? Did, I'm sorry? Did you know you were quitting or was it? No. Nope. Mm-mm. There was, I had no idea. I was so tired of hearing and, and having to, you know, you know, hearing I'm going to take a fall down the stairs, call the cops and tell them you pushed me. You know, it, it was just nonstop. Or <clears throat> having the cops come and say, hey, we found your wife in the village and she's drunk and on drugs. I was so tired. I was just tired, tired, tired. It was nonstop. It, there was not a day break. There wasn't a day, not a day break. I doubt there, there were a couple hours of break in there. Uh, because even when I would go on trips, I, I, I'm, I'm in, like I mentioned already, like El Paso training the border patrol and my phone would ring non fucking stop. <laughs> nonstop. About yeah, so- how I'm, after after a while, your your nerves are shot. You know, yep. yeah, yep. your your neuroreceptors then, are shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're, I was I was almost done, but then I had an epiphany moment, and I've mentioned this before in a couple of podcasts, but I think it's worth re mentioning. Um, I had an epiphany moment, uh, and it was mainly because I was talking to my 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 son. He was a sweet little cute as hell boy at the time, and I was shit faced drunk out of my mind because I was drinking all day long every day. Um, and I realized, I, I told him, I said, James, I don't just, I don't just love you. I am in love with you. <laughs> and he started crying. I don't know how old he was. I forget. I could do the math on figure out probably eight or something like that. But, um, 
maybe younger, six. Uh, and I realized, man, and I put him to bed. I realized this kid needs me, man. He needs mm-hmm. me. I have to be around. And um, I said, well, I don't know where this came from, but um, I put out my running shoes, uh, set an alarm clock, put out my um, iPod, uh, got up early. It was a Saturday or Sunday. It was a weekend day. And I just started, I just started running. You know, it was like a Forrest Gump thing. What do I do? Let me just go for a run. And dude, I ran for like an hour and a half. I mean, it was a long time. I didn't run across Greenbow County, but you know, <laughs> I ran for yeah, I ran for a long time. And then I came back. Um, and I did not want to go inside. I had to go inside to get food before I go up to my bonus room, but I didn't want to go in there. Uh uh. And then I, I realized, well, I'm going to work out more here in the driveway. And as I'm working out, a couple things came to mind. One is I, I felt relief, you know, after that run. Relief. I mean, good. Like I was remembering who the fuck I was. I was remembering this. And I said to myself, I will not. You will not defeat me. I will not be defeated. There's no freaking way. There was no way. And and that's when I made up that mind, right? I, I just got, I just gave myself goosebumps. I you gave me goosebumps. Yeah, I will not. And then, um, and another part of me was saying, yeah, but bro, you're, you're buried. You're buried. And I said, nope. I counter argued. I said, nope, I have been planted. I'm going to grow out of this shit. I'm going to fucking grow out of it. And I'm going to get better. I'm going to get stronger. So worst and best year, worst and best year. But that was one of the highlights right there. That changed that, that old school mindset, you know, just a, uh, you know, good sanity check. But it's back to your it's back to your origin story, right? Yes. It's that yep. it's that you're not gonna break me. Nope. Hmm. It's yep. so it's so uh, like uh, I mean, I'm really glad that you're able to share that story. It's just so strange to think of like a depressed Pat McNamara, like yeah, 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 I, I, right. I'm, I'm used to the dude, high, high, faking, high energy I was faking my ass off. <laughs> the dude the dude who's in better shape than guys half his age. I mean, that's, yes. that's Pat McNamara. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that is it's true. You know, yeah. I think one of the things uh, that's hard with vets, whatever situation, and, and not even people who aren't vets, you know, even our civilian friends, is people who are really deep in it, they're often faking, right? A lot of the people who are crying out for help. Oh, yeah. Like, the, like they're not quite there yet, but it's when a, when a dude or when a person is faking it that that we have no idea where they're at. But they're they're spiraling hard a lot of times. You know, if, if a guy is, is suffering from that, like depression or alcoholism, they're not gonna you're not gonna notice a call for help. You need to either really know him, know him really well, or or assume. Yeah. Cause I, I've talked to guys. I've talked to guys out, you know, who who got out after I recovered from all the shit and got my shit together. And I just saw something, you know, they were bitter. You know what I mean? Bitter. Yeah. Um, and a couple guys looked at me like I had a dick run out of my forehead, but they so appreciated it where I pulled them aside. I said, Hey man, come out sometime. Get out. I know yeah. you said you, ha- you don't come out, come out, come out and get a pint. Here's my number. Give me a shot sometime. So I'm not, I'm not saying that I know, you know what I mean? I'm not putting them on a, in a bad position, right? But I am opening the door and right. man, so many of them have taken it. And right. afterwards they've gone, dude. I cannot fucking tell you how much I appreciate this because the guys who are crying for help. I don't think they have a real freaking issue. 
I really don't. The guys who are seriously fucked up, yeah. you're not going to know it unless you know them right. or assume or you assume. You assume, dude, you've been through a lot of shit. You know, I, I will assume to the point where a guy's happy and he's out because um, I, I just did this recently. I, uh, I, I was chatting with a guy at my local pub. Yeah, I'm, I'm retiring. I say, hey, bro, do do yourself a favor. Um, stay connected. Stay connected with your old buds. Just stay connected. Just do that. Because I didn't. And the connection is the cure. Yeah. I, I stole that uh, uh, line from uh, Josh Collins, buddy of mine. But um, that connection is definitely the cure. Yeah. yeah. Did you find yourself isolating a lot during that period of time? Hell yeah. Dude, I wasn't. I knew nobody. I knew. Yeah. I. Mm-hmm. But anytime I was out and about um, or, you know, on a. Uh, training gig i faked the hell out of it man. right right fake the freaking hell out of it Woo! get you some blaze ops baby you know all the freaking pat mac shit um so, just bloviating that was all freaking theater all of it so tell, tell us about the second lease on life what what were or the second second lease on life uh what yep. what was what was that next life lifetime life period that you went on to live dude it's the one i'm living right now now it it it, 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 it it's um i'll give you the reader's digest version so meeting rebecca changed changed that changed my life right so now i had meaning again but i was working i was busy again so 2013 i found work i found more i was able to regenerate but i felt good i had this renewed enthusiasm you know and and i just felt good i was motivated and i had the discipline to 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 to, uh kind of nurture the motivation uh and um and when when I met Rebecca, I was, I, dude. There's so many corny lines I'm going to say, uh, <laughs> but one of them is, uh, I never, I never knew what it meant in in my adult lifetime until I met Rebecca to to truly fall in love with somebody. I never knew until I met her. Never knew it. Uh, and now that I have it, I like it, and it's. Dude, we've been together almost 10 years. We haven't had a crossword. She's my best friend. I miss, she's at school right now. She's going to school full time uh, for to be a psychologist. And uh, I'm like, dude, I can't wait for you to come home so we can <laughs> drink a glass of wine together and watch some TV. Um, but um, worked, we, we, we both, we worked our asses off, man. But uh, 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 sweat equity, you know, with, with uh, freedom through discipline. Yeah. With discipline comes freedom. So, we both worked and worked and worked. So for 10 years, what, 10 years, I did four courses a month traveling on a plane for most of them. 10 years. <sighs> Brutal. Yeah, 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 yeah. With two with two big Pelican cases, shitty flight, shitty rental car, shitty hotel, shitty range. Get back on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, maintenance, Thursday, you plan your trip, Friday, you're back on a plane. Ugh. 10 years, 10 years. And then what happens? The virus from China. China. China virus. (laughs) So the lockdown happened. I refuse to call it a pandemic. The lockdown happened. Uh, And that was, um, man, that was a gift. That was such a freaking absolute gift for me. Because that allowed me to adjust my my life. Right. And And your business plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. so I don't travel anymore to do work. Um, it's all local. 
Uh, generated a couple new businesses, like you mentioned at the beginning. I have a uh, online coaching squad, the Pat Mac Keep the Blaze Live Coaching Squad on Patreon. <laughs> about f- uh, over four hundred members on that. It's really that talk about fulfillment, you mm-hmm. know, job satisfaction because it's not it's it's not like a job. The folks I have developed a relationship of, of you know with four hundred some new people. Several of uh, of whom I've met in person because we'll do uh, biannual meetups. Um, it's an extremely eclectic group. The skill sets are all over the map. Uh, so I have uh, that. I um, you know, I had the fitness program and the combat strength training, and I sell those uh, resistance bands. And after you know, coronation, everybody was doing a home gym. So I was like, dude, I could. I could just be the rubber band man. <laughs> I was making a living selling rubber bands. I was like, damn, this shit. People want it because I, I developed these bands that are tubular instead of the uh, flat ones. Uh-huh. You know, so they just last long. <laughs> and they're so versatile. Where, where uh, If people wanted to buy some of those bands, where would they find them? Uh, just off. I, I don't have any in stock right now. <laughs> uh, but they're, <laughs> they're off of my like link tree on my uh, T-Max Inc. Instagram or up my website, T-Max Inc. Um, But yeah, and then uh, my buddy CJ and I have this uh, podcast, University of Badassery. Uh, We do a bunch of uh, mini vlogging and um, um, on uh, my Pat Mac YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun, you know? So I'm I'm very busy because you got to stay busy, right? You got to, you got to. I'm writing writing a kid's book. I am uh, doing more drawings. I've opened my calendar up to uh, doing private uh, one-on-one classes. Uh, I'm still doing the fitness uh, training, you know, online training and programming, and uh, <laughs> and trying to stay fit as shit in the process. Which you know, whew, damn, <laughs> it gets tougher. It gets tougher. There's no doubt of it. Shit don't get easier. You know, now as you get older, don't get easier. Is this but you know what? You, you know what I have? I have this advantage. I have a um and and I always want to tell them my so my fan base, my 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 audience, right? So like half a million on Insta Shizzle and fifty thousand on LinkedIn and uh you know, I don't know, millions and millions of views on YouTube channel. Uh they motivate me. Cause they always ask, how, how do you stay motivated? It's like, bro, you motivate me. <laughs> I'm doing this shit for you because I know you're looking forward to it. You're counting on me. I have to post this workout because you're counting on me. So I always have to thank my, my fan base because I, I, I got it. It's, it would be real hard to do it without them. Real hard. So, yeah. mm-hmm. You what? know, Pat, I, I think that anybody that, that came from, you know, the spec ops community, would have something to teach people that, that hadn't been through that. But you really have outside of that, right? Outside of that special operations experience, you have some real life experience, some real times of overcoming adversity and what that means and continually doing it. And like being there, like we can, like you said, we all fake it at some point in time right? We all fake it, but you've been about as as deeply down as a human can be. And that close, that close to capitulation. And, 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 and 
you know, and, and you say, you know, you say two leases on life and it's, it, it feels like you've had at least three because the one with your son sounds like another one where. Well, that was part of it. Oh, that was part yeah, of that it. Was, that was part of the second one because yeah. that was all, that was it, a lead in, you know. And, and it, to me, it's just such an inspiring and amazing story. And somebody doesn't have to be a, you know, special operations wannabe uh, to, in order to, to find, you know, inspiration from you because it's a very human story. Yeah, yeah, and and you know what? You you probably seen this about me. I don't pound my chest and talk special ops, special ops, and Delta fucking uses blah blah. I don't. I, I don't. I'm not one of these rest on your laurels, mamba jambas. I was a badass yesterday, but I'm a badass tomorrow. So I'm not going to talk a lot about that, right? You know, I I mean, I mean, you know, if guys are interested, hell yeah. But that doesn't define me, right? What defines me is me right now, right here, and what I'm going to do tomorrow. Which is get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about your pontalism a little bit? Pointalism. Oh, sure. Pointalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it pointalism yeah, yeah, yeah. or pontalism? Yeah, po- pointalism. Yeah. Pointalism. Sorry. Uh, I mean, I have several. They're all most most of what I do are um, I have a bird of prey series. So I'm bird, you know, bird guy. I don't have any right here. Oh, I got one on the wall there. It's got a glass frame, but it, this is an example. This is one I did a few years back. So th- th- uh, this is a military one. So not bird of prey uh sf1 like before and after you know or then and now but if i were able to get it close enough you can see that this is all comprised of dots i don't mm-hmm. think the oh, oh yeah focus. there it is yep 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 so the whole thing is dots you know it's all it's all for your dots that's amazing so with a you know with a point uh, uh 20 uh, point two five uh rapidograph drafting pen <laughs> But yeah, it's fun. Is um, that does, is that sort of like a meditative thing, Pat? That like you're us in the zone. It is very. I have a bunch of. I am hobby heavy, hobby heavy, hobby heavy, and they're all therapeutic. Uh-huh. Yeah, bird watching, the gardening, the fishing, the drawing, the photography. Uh, oh shit! It goes on. <laughs> <laughs> There's more. I do everything, or and if I don't, I aspire. I want to do everything. I don't aspire to do everything. I want to do as much as much as possible. I want to learn, you know, or learn to do things. Um, I think it's good to be interesting. You don't want your brain to become stagnant. You know, when you see something that's interesting and you say, hey, that'd be cool to learn that. Well, go fucking learn it, man. You know, put one, just one foot, just one foot in front of the other and see what happens. You know, because a lot of times we'll say that shit, but we won't start. Right. Pioneer is a start point. You don't have to commit, but if you if you start, right, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. I would like to learn how to do that. What's the next step? Let me watch a YouTube video on this. It's as simple, easy as that. It's as easy as you know. And then, and then you can take it one step further. <clears throat> you know, if it appeals. But yeah, I like to do shit. I like to do things. I like to do the I have to say this one, you know, the basic dude stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. What, what do you, what were, where would you like to be? In, I mean, you're a young guy still, where would you like to be in five or 10 years? Um, you know, I, I think I would like to be like uh, retired, retired, but busy. But what I mean by busy is um, doing something with my hands, plowing a field, building a dam, you know, doing something grandiose. I always thought it would be cool to build a castle. 
you know, to live by a river and use the river rock to build a castle. Um, I want to be, I want to, I want to defy age. I want to be as fit as hell for as long as possible too, because I know what it's like to not be fit. I know what it's like to hurt. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I think we take for granted what feeling good feels like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, how about this? I think we take for granted what not feeling like shit feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of people don't know what feeling good feels like because they've never felt like shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they've <laughs> through it for an extended period of time. But um, I think, you know, um, I'm an outdoorsman. I want to spend more time just walking around, looking at stuff, taking photos, um, fishing in streams that no white man has fished out of, you know, getting way up into the mountains and just ripping freaking lips with the smallest, you know, 22 size, 22 fly. And, and, um, uh, yeah, I, I, just that kind of thing, but I, I still want to be busy. You know, people say, yeah, when I retire, it's going to be a Sandy beach and cigar and that kind of thing. Screw that, bro. (laughs) I call that a two day vacation. (laughs) And then after that, I'm I'm like, dude, I have to do something. I gotta, (laughs) I gotta stay busy. You know, I could, I, 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 I've thrown a lot around a lot of ideas. When I retire, I might go back to work. I might go back to school. I thought it'd be cool to get a teaching degree. Mm -hmm. You'd be good at that. I don't need to teach full time. Yeah. Just put me on as a substitute teacher. Put me in, coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I can make some shit interesting. I can make a boring subject interesting. Hey, look, I would take geography from you. I, yeah, yeah I, I, could, I could see Pat Mack, U.S. history teacher. I, I think, I think that well, I think that's one of the things I want to do. So I have a target demographic with a lot of my, the stuff that I'm doing, and it's younger people. Yeah. I, I, I want to have a positive influence on younger people, you know, kids to teenagers. Uh, because yeah, they need it. They need it right now. Yeah, they need. That's cool, man. Do Do we have any yeah. questions for Pat? We've got quite a few. So, um, oh shit, questions, uh, from, questions from the viewers. Yeah, yeah, Pat. yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna pour a little bit myself. Uh, so in your face. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Um, when are uh Pat Mac, Larry Vickers, Paul Howe, and Kyle Lamb gonna do the most epic podcast ever together? <laughs> yeah, that'd be a hard one to coordinate, huh? All those guys are busy as shit, man. I mean, and you know what? They're all great. I know those guys, and, and man, they're all really, really. People don't pay them enough credit, I don't think. Or here, no, let me back up. People in my industry, my community, don't pay them enough credit. I mean, they have paved the way. You know, Larry and Paul. And Kyle, they have paved the way for so much shit in the gun industry, in the kid industry. They paved the way for me because they started before me doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I owe them a debt of gratitude, um, not for what they've done in the military, but how they've succeeded outside of the military. Right. These guys are bad ass, bro. Uh, Paul Harper, thank you very much. Uh, what lessons for future urban conflicts should Taiwan be learning from Detachment A in Berlin? Interesting question. Yeah, whoa, this is thought-provoking. Say it again because you were a little bit muffled. Sorry about that. What lessons for future urban conflict should Taiwan be Uh, learning from dead A in Berlin? Yeah, well, should who be learning? Taiwan. (laughs) Oh, Taiwan, right, right, right. Well, the uh, one, this this one always gets my go, is um, you can't rely on technology. It's going to shit the bed. 
That's a big one. It's even for urban ops, all that shit. You can't rely on technology. You got to go old school. You got to know cardinal directions. You got to know how to freaking read shit. You got to know sh- shadows. You got to know street craft. You got to know all that crap. You know, you got to know old school communication. You got to know dead drop sites, signal sites, how to do a PM. Cause we suck at that now too. Personal me, you know, we suck at communication skills, inter face to face communication mm-hmm. skills. Get back to the old school shit. Uh, I'm right on this, by the way. I guarantee you. What's going to happen? Right. Yep. Anya, uh, thanks again. Uh, hey, Pat, I have... Oh, this is something we can talk about also. I've I've got rheumatoid arthritis and got med boarded. I'm trying to stay fit, but it's a challenge. Um, how would you adapt if you were me? And, you, you know, you can kind of talk... Dude, I've got you. something way worse than fucking rheumatoid arthritis, man. I got this stupid gay disease called polymyalgia rheumatica. So I'm almost at two years right now, bro. I, I empathize. Who is this? What's his name? Uh, Enya Fache. Enya face. Enya. Enya. Enya, I, I, I empathize with you. So, I mean, uh, wait, what was that name? Was that a pseudonym? I think so. Yeah. Enya face. All right. 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 Yeah. All right. Anyway, I wish I could really address him because it would be more personal, but I empathize um, because chronic pain uh, sucks bad. And and I had to get to a point, oh man, this was bad. It was really bad where I could no longer rely on motivation because I have no, no enthusiasm, no motivation. So I had to rely on discipline, on discipline. I had to lie, rely on my routine, my daily planner. I live off of white, uh, of whiteboards. I got a year there in my laundry room. I have the next couple of weeks and on my refrigerator, I have what's going on tomorrow, every night. Every night, right now, when I get off of this, I'm going to go down and write my workout on that board. So that first thing in the morning that I see, because motion is lotion, mobility is survivability. So your body's telling you, don't work out. Your brain, I mean, your brain is telling your body, don't work out. Don't do it. Sit on that recliner. Because that shit hurts. It hurts, man. I had no, you know, you, you see these commercials and shit, rheumatoid arthritis. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> bunch of pussies dude that shit hurts so bad you're, you're constantly fiddling with hands and wrists your shoulder well with the pmr it's shoulders hips joints muscles it's jawline it's back of the head it's uh, arches of the feet Brutal, yeah. it's everything it's everything um you deal with it the best you freaking can here's the thing though i wish i had his name because i want to talk to him um is give it a name and give it a bad place to live give it let it live in a shithole work out you know when it tells you not to eat healthy when it tells you because you have you probably have a lack of appetite because you might be taking like prednisone or something nope fuck that eat healthy it's telling you not to it's telling you you know eat stuffed crust pizza yeah tell it fuck you give it a name i called mine the demon (laughs) i'm at almost two years tonight now i'm beating this thing i'm beating it oh and that's the other thing i went off all prescription meds Oh, here's another thing, dude. I wish I had his name once again. Uh, infrared sauna. Magic for this shit. Magic. Infrared sauna. I bought one for my garage. Guarantee you, dude, in your town somewhere, there's a salt spot with infrared sauna. Go sit in one. Make it hot as shit because infrared sauna doesn't heat the air around you. It heats your body. Are those so the it may say 130. Those are the personal ones that you sit in like yep. are, that, that are around you, right? Not yep. like a big room. Right. Okay. Yep. Yep. 
So that that that's my advice right now on that. Good um, luck. Can you you know you said motivation for you know you you don't use motivation you use discipline. Can you really quickly kind of tell us what the difference is for you? Uh, I'm getting back to being motivated now because I'm beating this thing. So look out world. <laughs> because in the past year and a half, two years, once again, faking it, any post that you've seen of me doing workouts and stuff, totally fake. Those are my best reps. If you look, <laughs> if you go back in my archives and you see the workouts I'm doing, you, you, you'll think, oh, yeah, Pat Max in shape. I mean, he's not as good as shape as he was two years ago. That's because of this shit. And what you were, because I still had to post freaking workouts for my fan base and they were getting me motivated. Uh, but they were seeing my best freaking reps and those reps for the most part sucked. They sucked. But now you're going to see it. You're, you're seeing a difference already past couple of weeks. The people who really have noticed, but, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I had to rely on, uh, discipline. So my whiteboard planning, um, uh, soul searching just, you know, I, cause so many times I'm drawn to the recliner and so many times I say, let me just sleep for half an hour. And so many times I would say, nope, I'm not. So then I would start the process because I know I have to work out. I have to. If I want to move for the rest of the day. Yeah. And every every ounce of my being is saying, don't do it. Don't do it. So you have to dress the part, number one. So I have to put my Batman outfit on. And for me, it was like a headband and, you know, just whatever. Put the headband on. Put the watch cap on. It's your costume. And then you show up. It's your superhero then you costume. Sh- yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you show up. You got to show up. Um, it would take me oh, like sorry. half an hour to an hour to warm up. And then hey. that's it's incredible, Pat. Um, uh, Clint, thank you very much. Uh, a friend and former guest of ours. Uh, Pat Mack, looking forward to this one. Jack and Dave, you guys have been killing it. Keep it up. Well, thanks, thanks Clint. Clint. Um, we... We're killing it because of people like that. Like, if we're just Jack and I, nobody would fucking watch. <laughs> Jack and Dave getting drunk every Friday. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Jameson Price, thank you very much. Pat, let's take off the gloves and tell all. Do um, unit badass dudes operate within the Connell U.S. and drive uh, lead into, uh, and drive lead into a-hole terrorists? <laughs> Do they drink? Well, yeah, they do. No, no, no. But before you say yeah, they do. I want to make sure you get the whole question. Do they operate oh, within the continental U.S. and drive lead into a hole terrorists? Oh, 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 in the continental U.S. No, no, no. no. Uh, Staff Sergeant Omen, thank you very much. Where did you think? Where do you think you received the best tradecraft training while you were prepping for assignment in Berlin or during OTC or somewhere else? I would say, uh, yeah, uh, Berlin. They were the masters at it, you know? So I learned from those guys. And I remember there was one guy, I won't say his full name, but Art. Art carried me around the city for a few days. And uh, he would even tell me how to walk, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And he brought me to secondhand stores. He says, you can't wear all that American shit, bro. You need to wear these stupid German clothes. (laughs) Tight, really tight pants. Yeah, just yeah, just you know, like twenty years behind, and the fanny you know, pack. Yeah, sprockets. the fanny pack. Yeah, and a <laughs> now mullet. is the time on sprockets when we die. <laughs> but no, definitely, definitely in Berlin. Uh, Jackson, thank you very much. Uh, is there a cultural difference between squadrons? 
Yeah, it, it's funny. Um, there, there is, but I don't think it's as as, as pronounced as the guys there think it is. I always tell yeah, because there still is, and it's a still it's a, it's still the same banter. Because I know current unit guys now, and they'll talk about it. And I go, guys, that's all fake news, man. It's freaking fake. Right. It's stupid. And I know how this materialized. I was there when it materialized. And it's fake. But, yeah, there, there, there is, but I think it's more up here. Right. It's not. It's, it's, it's no. more like an it's, image thing than an actual functional thing. Yeah, because I know dudes right now who are in A, B, C, D squadron. And they're all the same, dude. <laughs> right. right. They're all the same. Um, yep. Joe's got you. Thank you very much. Uh, was free flow CQB a thing when you got to the unit? Was that something the British yep. SAS created and the unit improved upon? Yep. That's, uh, yes and yes. 100%. Uh, Jackson, thank you very much. What was the hardest part of selection for you? And what would you have done differently if you had to do it again? Well, <laughs> this is for you. this is going to sound weird. The hardest part for me was at the end after stress was the board. Mm-hmm. That was the hardest part for me. I I wish it would just went away. <laughs> I remember sitting in the board thinking, man, I'd rather do a forty miler at night right now <laughs> than this shit. <laughs> um, that was the hardest part. What would I do differently? Um, I wouldn't dig my. I dug myself into a hole. You know, and and it was because I was, I was telling the truth, but I was using. Um, there was a, there was a question guys were ans- asking me, and um, it just it was so fucking stupid, man. Um, I was using some military cover to answer a question about a previous unit. Oh, and they know the truth, right? They're not, I mean, they, they were there probably, but I was kind of naive and I thought to myself, well, maybe I shouldn't talk about it even to these dudes. Right. <laughs> um, and I stuck with it. They pressed me and pressed me. And, <laughs> and, and so now that they're pressing me, I think they just want to see, am I going to stick with, am I going to stay in my circle? Right. Your yeah. circle. No? Yeah. yeah. Am yeah. I going to exactly. stay in my circle? Right. Right. Cause they pressed me and pressed me and pressed me on. And I stuck in my circle. Yeah, they, they. I just should have. I just should have came out and said, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was doing." You guys know all about that. Yeah, and then they, it would have been a twenty-minute board instead of an hour and twenty. Right. Right. So, so they, they, the, the board asked you about like PSSE, and you gave them the cover yeah. story of like, "Oh, we're an MP unit that does training for the legs," and bingo. That's it. And then once you had that out there, <laughs> then you can't, you can't let your circle go. You can't. Let it was it no taking backsies. At right. That yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Right. You got to stick to your guns. <laughs> Yeah, you stick to your guns. They're so like, freaking... they're probably like, like rubbing their hands, like, oh, really, yeah. dude. <laughs> well, at least Man. you know, at least you know, Pat's not an opsec violator. They, they turn I mean, it into a, yeah. they turn it into a seer yeah. session. Yeah. Damn. So that that was easy one. That was easy. Yep. Whew. Um, Jackson, thanks again. Oh, a little bit of a little bit of salt, maybe. Uh, how what? did the unit view DevGrew and HRT? Spicy, little spicy. Yeah, it, 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 um, well, the unit viewed them very well. There you go. How about that? 
I just stayed out of that one. Woo! That was really positive. Nice a unit. I like that positive, unit. Yeah, positive exactly. upbeat attitude. <laughs> See, you're you're good at these board questions now. <laughs> Dude, uh, I got some real, I got some real good burnies at DevGuru, uh, and even you know, out here, you know, out in this world, some okay. retired guys um, that I, I that I really love. So, same cut of the cloth, dudes, bro. H HRT, I'd, I don't know many of them. I don't know many of them. Yep, but that was good. That was a good question, and I'm sticking with my answer. That was a good answer too. Um, definitely <laughs> learn from that board, uh, Alejandro. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Pat. When you were there, did you grab a chunk of the wall? My folks still have uh, pics of my sister and I chiseling off pieces. We were living in Rammstein, Rammstein uh, in West Germany and happened to be visiting Berlin, staying at uh, Tempelhof Air Force Base. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I chiseled off tons of it. And I would make people um, these little plaques with, uh, and I would, you know, like epoxy them on to this yeah. plaque and, and clear coat them on. And within that too, I had some of the original, this is a fun German word to say, some of the original Stockelgrad, which is a uh, barbed wire. Mm -hmm. So it was all rusty, you know, oh, but wow. once it's clear coated, it's cool as shit. But yes, absolutely. 100%. That's very cool. And I, every time I look, see Rammstein, I think Duhas. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> once again, from uh, uh, Anya, uh, Thanks. Uh, hey, Pat, what do we have to get uh, to do to get a video of you working out with Rudy Reyes? Uh, I, I, I don't know. That that, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> I, 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 I should see Rudy here next month. I'm going to an event and he should be there. I think. I think he, he'll be there. But no, that ain't going to happen. We're, we're two different styles of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah. Ahmed Akdeb, uh, thank you very much. Thank you for their service, brother. Can you please comment on some contemporary issues, recruitment problems, counterterrorism, the future, the festering domestic anti-Americanism? Keep on, keep that, that's, on. That's a lot. That's goat. a lot there, buddy. That's a lot. I that, mean, that's it's, a lot. is Pat supposed to solve America and uh, international that's what I was just politics? Saying, what am I, I mean, running for yeah. office? <laughs> I ain't running for office here. You don't I mean, want to announce whole right there. now? You can announce right what? now if you've got a if you've got political. If you've got a platform, I don't, the, I don't have the stomach for it. <laughs> I hate politics and I hate politicians. <laughs> I despise them on both sides. Yep, but um, yeah, I didn't. Even, uh, most of those questions, I you can't know. Remember. Uh, well, we can talk. Maybe not general recruitment problems. How how do you see like recruitment in like the special ops community right now? For your friends that are in there, is it still healthy? Is it? Are they yes. having issues? It's still healthy. Still healthy there. Yep. The military, though, yeah. their numbers are down. Yeah. I mean, what, 75% of today's youth is unfit to be in the military. 75%. There you go. Recruitment. <laughs> uh, Kenneth Jones, thank you very much for the donation. Steve Courtright, thank you. I found Pat. At a vital crossroad in my life, I will forever. I know, be, I know Steve. I will forever be grateful for his advice and what it has done to recourse my life. Right on. That's yep. cool. Yeah, he's a good dude. I've been fishing with Steve. Well, uh, I he's a know, part. He's a part of that. Uh, Keep the blaze live coaching squad. Yeah. Uh, for so for people who might be like looking for something outside, like a normal, like you know, from somebody who's really been there. Um, and I don't mean there by special ops, but been there and, and like has faked it till they made it. Um, can you 
tell us again where your code is on Patreon. Yep. And the and name it's called, it's called the Pat Mac Keep the Blaze Alive Guys, Coaching Squad. Check that out. Um, Alejandro, uh, thank you. Being a fellow metalhead, what bands are you really digging right now? Are there any up and coming ones that you think people should give a listen to? Uh, yeah, let me think about this. Oh, great, dude. Thank you for that. Um, so I just started, um, because they're coming out with new album, uh, born of Osiris. I'm, I'm going to go obscure here. I'm not going to go, you know, another one that I dig is plague years. I hope they do. So I hope they, I hope they do. So I hope they get some traction, man. I just, oh, they're really, really dark and sludgy, you know, sludgy and dark. Yep. <laughs> Cause I don't like it. I don't like it super fast and just nonstop double bass. I like, you know, sludgy and dark and, you know, like cobblestone streets and, and rusty metal and, and like a gong. Bung, bung. If I had a metal band, I'd have a big freak. I'd have an anvil in my metal band. Bats okay. on the belfry. Yeah, right. Uh, let me see. Plague years. I said, uh, 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 I, it, hmm. Dude, you put me on spot. I wish I could have studied that one, you know, because I would have had a laundry list. But well, nah. it, I'll tell Let's you what, those two. when you get a chance, if you want, like the the comments below the video, you know, sometime in the next couple of days, if you want to leave that list, um, yep. I'm sure I'm sure we have a lot of people above that. Um, can you share? Uh, thank you, Leon Jones. Can you share your workout playlist? Basic dude stuff. <laughs> That's a good motherfucker. <laughs> the next time somebody asks me that, I swear to God, I'm gonna jump right to this phone. <laughs> yep. I put it on every one of my posts in the past. You know when I built that playlist? 2020 during Coronacation. I, I built that. Because everybody wanted me to build a playlist. So you know what I do? Every post, every single post, I put it in there. You know why people don't see it? Because they don't tap on dot, dot, dot more. <laughs> so you Instagrammers, dot, dot, dot more. That's where the notes are. Dot, dot, dot more. So no, I'm not going to share it right here. You you do know Go that to you're going to get about 100 more requests for this now, like throughout. Yep. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now they're getting the goat. They're, yeah. They don't want to poke the bear. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. People have found All that. Right, I'm going to tell point. them that. I'm going to tell them. So it's Metal Mac Attack Spotify Playlist. Metal, Metal Mac, Mac attack. attack. Uh, and last question, I believe, uh, unless we have anything new. Oh, we do have one more. Okay, so two more. Uh, Jackson, thank you. Top five high-speed LEO guys or units you've trained with? Whoa. Uh, let me see. Let me think about this. Uh, I think it... Uh, um, wow, man. Damn, man. Oh, shit. You put me on the spot because... See, there's a lot of them. I don't even remember the county. So I I, I work with these guys in uh, Wisconsin, and I, I I believe it's Dane County, you know, Sheriff's Department. Dude, they were always freaking badass, um, really good shooters and fit dudes and just fun as hell. Um, woo. Oh, my favorite my favorite LEOs are Fed, are um, the um, Bortac. Bortac, uh, Border Patrol guys? Yeah. 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 This is my favorite. Yep. Um, dig the uh, Secret Service cat team. I know that's uh, they're still LEOs, but it's federal. Yeah, right. Um, because I worked with them a bunch. Um, ooh, let's see here. 
man, there's so many of them in Texas. You know, I, I, let's just say Texas in general, <laughs> because there's so many, whether you're going to Houston, Austin, Dallas, I mean, uh, wherever it is, there's just tons of them, tons of teams, you know. Um, North Carolina's got a bunch. I work with them here. Nah, uh, yeah. I that one there I would need to I would need time for that one too. Sorry. But I but I did mention a couple. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um wasn't it the Bortac guys who who got out in Uvalde? Uh maybe eventually. Uh, eventually. eventually, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um yeah, the ones who actually yeah. Uh, and then I think last question here um, is from Jameson Price. Um, thank you very much. Pat, is it true that the unit, um, I'm not going to, uh, is organized in a way where operators can be redesigned, for instance, for instance, as a contractor, GS, federal employee, military, civilian, or as mission dictates? Are you able to elaborate? Uh, um I, that's probably like more into the weeds of yeah that that's that is definitely in the weeds right yeah there. yep yeah 100 yeah i appreciate the question but yeah nah, it's in the weeds and man I, yeah that, that how that's about this prob- how about how about this how about this to some degree how about that fair enough yeah, yeah. I, and i apologize to dude for that but yeah the brevity yeah um and and that's that's it do we have any questions for patreon uh, I don't think I don't think we did. Did did we had one? We have one D. Yeah. Uh, can you pull it up real quick? So uh, uh, I don't have it on mine either. Sorry, Pat. We're not prepared. All right, no worries. Um. So one more time, the uh, the website or the Patreon to find it. It's Pat Mac. Keep the blaze alive. They find your coaching service there. Yep, coaching squad. Yeah, coaching squad. Links will be down in the description. Um, cool. I, can you get on the on the Patreon? Yeah, on the question. Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have it up here. And, That's uh, and it's off of my link tree on my Instagram too. Everything's on you know on my Instagram. My uh, my uh, T Maxing. Okay. T M A C S I N C. T M A C S I N C. Cool man. The shiz. Um, and uh, this Friday we're gonna have a regular episode. We'll be back. We have uh, Ken coming on, who was a psychologist that worked for the U.S. government, including some of the three-letter agencies, doing profiles on like foreign world leaders and stuff like that. So he's gonna be a fun interview coming up Friday. Uh, I'm on. I don't know how to find it though, man. I don't get on that. We have a catastrophe going on here. Yeah, we have a couple of. Runs. Uh okay. <laughs> I, I I don't see any questions here. Who? Yeah. yeah. Pat, yeah. So, did you find a D? No. All right. Oh wait, there. One guy saying, okay, I think I see it. Despite uh, the unit being and other tier one units being flush with money and support, mental health specifically suicides continues to be a problem. Why? I mean, I think we kind of mentioned a lot of this like throughout the entire interview. But any, yeah. any closing thoughts on, like, perhaps why suicide is a, 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 an issue even in, like, well-supported special ops units? Remember when I said um, that guys who are having issues? Hide it. If they're, if, they're, if, if they're crying for help, they probably don't. Mm-hmm. They're hiding it, and you have to assume. I think we have to assume more, you know, because I, just in the past, whew, in the past two months, I've lost two. Oh man, I'm sorry. Two buds, yep. Um, and, and 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 it's mind. It's like no, 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 not this guy. There's no way. There's no way. 
You know, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But I think we have to assume, and not everybody, man. You know what? It's it's overdone. A lot of it's overdone. Man, yeah, I got mental issues. I PTSD. A lot of that's over freaking done. A lot of it is. Does it exist? Hell yeah, it's a real thing. But more more so, it's not. It's not that. It's that separation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that. Uh, Separated it's, it's from leaving, the culture. Yeah. Yes, it's leaving something where you that you, where you had true passion, true love. Um, you know, you had a, a relationship with people that is intimate on so many different levels. And I'm not talking freaking, you know, sex. I'm talking just very intimate relationship mm-hmm. with other human beings. And then you lose that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, yeah, you start spiraling, spiraling. Yeah. Yep. Pat, thank you so That's much for taking some time of your Tuesday evening. I mean, I think you told us that you said earlier this was the second podcast you did today. So, man, I appreciate yeah. I, I appreciate you going, uh, you know, tuning in and, and doing this with us tonight. And, you know, we'd wanted to have you on for a long time. So, I mean, it's awesome to finally do it. If there's anything we can do, hit us up anytime, please. Um, and final thoughts, anything I failed to cover at all that you, that you want to throw out there? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. I, I want to thank you guys because uh, I do a lot of podcasts. You guys are great hosts and um, just you, you made me feel very welcome and your questions were great too. So yeah, great. Cause it takes, cause some guys don't know how to do this shit. <laughs> oh, and we want it to be fun too. We want you to have yeah, a good yeah. time. Yep. Thank you everybody who tuned in to watch this again. Thanks Pat. And we will see all you guys on Friday. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.